Hello and welcome to another episode of CISO Tradecraft, the podcast that provides you with the information, knowledge, and wisdom to be a more effective cybersecurity leader. I'm your host, G. Mark Hardy, and today we're going to be talking about refreshing your cybersecurity strategy. Hey, if you like listening or watching the CISO Tradecraft, you're going to love earning CPEs. We've teamed up with the ISACA Central Maryland chapter to bring you live online their 20th annual day with GMARC on Wednesday, the 10th of January, 2024, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll learn seven CPEs, which are good for ISACA, ISC Squared, SANS, and pretty much every other major cert issuer. What a great way to start out the new year. Check out the link at CISOTradeCraft.com slant ISACA, I-S-A-C-A, for more information and to register. There's a limited number of seats, so don't wait. Now, as I said, today we're going to talk about how to refresh your cybersecurity strategy. And let's face it, every few years it does need an update. And additionally, as you start the new year, developer teams and other organizations want to know what cyber projects are going to compete for their resources and their time to work on cyber initiatives. So we're getting into that in just a moment. But first, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Do you currently manage multiple compliance frameworks? Are they causing inefficient processes, departmental friction, or staffing issues? Have you ever considered outsourcing your entire compliance program? Well, there's a better way with Risk360. When you partner with them, you get a streamlined and unified compliance strategy that harmonizes audits and consolidates frameworks, reduces friction, saves costs, and allows you to focus on what's most important, growing your business. Leave your compliance, security, and privacy programs in the capable hands of Risk360.com. That's R-I-S-K-3-S-I-X-T-Y.com. Reach out to learn more. Now, way back in episode number 21, we brought on Mark Egan on the show, and he was going to talk about what to do in your first 90 days as a CIO or CISO. And it's a fantastic episode, and we're going to expand upon that one here. Because just as a side note, if you want to read some of Mark's writings about building IT strategies, find a copy of Dean Lane's book, CIO Wisdom, Best Practices from Silicon Valley's Leading IT Experts. Mark is the author of the third chapter, The First 90 Days, which highlights how to build a tactical plan as well as a strategic plan. The latter is the focus of today's show. To create a cyber strategy, we'll start with three questions. Number one, how secure are we now? Number two, how secure should we be? And then number three, how do we get to our desired security state? Now, to answer the first question of how secure are we, we will perform a performance assessment that establishes the ground truth of where we are from a people, process, and tooling standpoint. Let's unpack that a bit. To understand the people portion, we need to undertake a workforce assessment. Look at the cyber organization chart, which may have big divisions like architecture and engineering, application security, governance, risk, and compliance, GRC, identity and access management, and maybe even a SOC, Security Operations Center. Maybe a different size organization might have fewer, but in any case, you've probably got more than one person. Then also look at the sub-functions within each of these divisions. For example, Architecture and engineering will have architects and may run the various security tools like antivirus and EDR and DLP and the SIM, etc. Application security will have vulnerability management, disaster recovery, and business continuity planning, and information security officers that sit with the business units and developers. 
GRC will have risk assessments, compliance functions, third-party risk management, and the security awareness program, potentially. Identity and access management will oversee authentication and access control. And the SOC will have teams, red and blue teams, purple teams, incident response, and threat intelligence. Now, for each of these divisions and their subfunctions, rate your workforce. For example, you might use a simple scale from one to five. One meets development. Two meets expectations. Number three exceeds expectations. Number four almost always exceeds expectations. And number five sets a new standard of performance. Now, this is internal. You're not putting these onto individual reports for their careers. So go ahead and use a bell curve. You don't have to push everything to the right because some organizations do that because you're not going to learn anything if you pack everything over there. Be honest with yourself because when you do this, you can see what parts of the organization might have dysfunctional structures with unclear responsibilities or ineffective team members or poor teamwork within the organization. This analysis allows you to identify gaps that you might address with upskilling your workforce, replacing individuals who aren't performing or attracting new talent. But don't forget to identify your best talent so you know whom you want to retain. Now, an objective ranking of these teams will provide an assessment that highlights what's working well, what needs to change, and new greenfield opportunities that don't yet exist. Now, in addition to the workforce assessment, assess your current cybersecurity posture. And this is an activity that's usually outsourced to an auditing organization. For example, you can pay to get a SOC 2 Type 2, an ISO 27001, a high trust, or even a CMMC assessment if you're working with DOD that says, here is where you are against a standard set of security controls that are considered best practices for your industry segment. The key here is it should be an external audit. This way it isn't you saying the team isn't doing enough when you are there, or it's an auditor saying it. Remember, for about 2,000 years, we've been told no profits honored in their hometown, probably still true today. Now, this is something that will carry weight that you can show to your board and your executive leadership team. Now, note if your company or your organization has been around a while, you might already have an existing report or certification that shows you're meeting all these necessary controls. And that's a good starting place. Be sure to build on the high ground and the successes that you've already established. Your comprehensive assessment also documents cybersecurity tools present in the organization. Find tools which are not being utilized fully and expand their utility. They're already paid for, so you get this extra capability for free. That's an easy discussion with finance. Now, there might be some configurations that you haven't turned on in your security scans. There might be some auto-remediation features that you were a bit hesitant to turn on, or there's something else that if you can get right, can stop more attacks without having to pay extra money to buy a new tool. Use Gartner's Magic Quadrant categories to organize a catalog that says, here's their tool for asset management, for patch management, email security, DLP, EDR, SIM, whatever it happens to be. And then what you're able to do then is keep track of this because you're going to see a few things. One, there may be categories of tools where you don't have anything. Now you should ask yourself, if I don't have this category of tooling, to what risk am I sitting? susceptible. For example, if you don't have a cloud security posture management tool, then you might not know when Bobby the intern creates a new publicly facing S3 bucket that uh, contains sensitive client information. Now, that being said, perhaps you might not need to buy a tool if your organization were already using the AWS Security Hub to address this. You see, that hidden capability is included in those AWS fees you're paying, and it's not necessarily documented as an independent tool. Now, in addition, if you run everything on-premises, 
there's probably no value in purchasing a cloud security posture management tool. So ensure you know the details of your operations before you recommend buying something that's not useful. Someone likely catch that in the review process, and that will not reflect well on your professional judgment. Now to recap. Start by performing a workforce assessment, a cybersecurity posture assessment, and then create a catalog of cybersecurity tools. These three things allow you to answer the first question of how secure we are now. The next question of how secure we should be is really about doing two things. First, we need to perform a business requirements analysis by looking at business objectives, laws and regulations, and applicable cybersecurity frameworks. Start with business objectives. Understand management's vision for the future, because often that has an implied objective of creating long-term profitable growth. This is achieved by expanding customer and market outreach, improving or launching new services, increasing profit generation, and yes, reducing costs. You need to be on the same page as the business. If marketing and sales want to add new website functionality, you should be there helping them do it securely. Additionally, we need to understand the laws and regulations our company needs to meet. So talk to your compliance and legal staff to figure out if you're in scope for laws and regulations such as PCI DSS, Sarbanes-Oxley, HIPAA, GDPR, California Privacy Act, Gramm-Leach-Bliley, Consumer Privacy, COPPA, DFARS, you name it. There's a whole bunch of them out there. And finally, your business requirements analysis should map to a cyber framework. Often that's the NIST cybersecurity framework, or it could be ISO 27001. This can highlight key functions that need to improve in your organization if you want to move up and you want to improve your maturity. For example, the NIST cybersecurity framework 2.0 is now on the street. It's out for review. Identifies four framework tiers. Tier one, partial. Yeah, we get stuff done. Tier two, risk informed. We pay attention to what's out there. Tier three, repeatable. We know that we have consistent results. Tier four, adaptive. We can go ahead like the Borg and, and uh, respond to what's out there. You might have a goal for your organization, for example, to say that we want to reach tier three by the end of next year because we're not there yet. Good. Now, once you complete your business requirements analysis, define what the desired future state needs to look like. Let's go back and see a sample set of future state objectives. First, after reviewing your current workforce, you noted there were opportunities to improve the GRC team. You really wanted folks who have more experience completing SOX reports because your company's about to go public. All right. Secondly, your organization has previously completed a SOC 2 Type 2 report without any findings, which is a good thing, by the way. And you thought it was important to renew the SOC 2 with the similar results. Third, after performing a review of the security tools that your organization was using, you notice you didn't have any data security tools or API security tools. Now, you expect there not to be a financial appetite for two new tools when it comes to budgeting. So based on your prioritization of risk, your ask is to purchase only the new data security tool. Fourth, after talking to the business, you expect there will be two new functional enhancements to the customer website. You think given that new software functions, it would be in the company's best interest uh, to perform penetration tests on those areas before going live. And fifth, if you're talking to your legal and compliance team, you anticipate the amended New York Department of Financial Services, the DFS cybersecurity regulation, which has just announced the 1st of November, 2023, to be applicable to your company. And therefore, you anticipate new compliance evidence will be needed from various application teams. And finally, you anticipate that mapping your cyber program to the NIST cybersecurity framework will require additional work to update your current policy sets. Okay, 
Now, there are six items that make out our improved future state. And we can now shift into our third big question, how do we get there? Now, the first step is to create a gap analysis, which basically says, where am I now? Where do I need to go? And what has to happen to get there? Notice that we're not actually prescribing actions yet. We're just defining what these actions need to do. For example, on the first thing, we want to improve your GRC team to have more expertise in SOX compliance reporting. Now, what's the gap? The gap or the difference is the amount of knowledge that your team possesses on Sarbanes-Oxley. Okay. The second item is preparing for next year's SOC 2 Type 2 audit. Now here, there isn't a gap because you're already meeting all of the necessary criteria. You just need to keep up the good work. Okay. The third item is a future state of a data security tool. And additionally, you anticipate that you need two additional headcounts to support that tool. And if each headcount is $200,000 in terms of overhead, and the tool is another $100,000 in licensing fees per year, then you've got a gap of $500,000 in your next year's budget. The fourth item on our list were pen tests. Now, if you're already doing pen tests and you can just pivot your targets to these new web features, these two things we're adding, then you might not have any gaps. However, if your team is maxed out, they can only support those 10 pen tests, which are already spoken for, and you want to increase your pen testing capability by two additional tests annually, then you got a gap of funding those two tests. The fifth item is the NYDFS, and you anticipate that this is going to take additional coordination across various application teams, as well as efforts from your compliance organization. However, you anticipate you have the appropriate staffing to date to support this effort, so really the only gap is getting the developer time to support the request. And finally, you see the need to have new policies that map to the NIST cybersecurity framework guidance. And the gap may be updating 10 security policies and directives. All right, you see this gap analysis? It tells us the new resource commitment that needs to be made. What it doesn't tell us yet is what's the best way to get there. And that brings us to our next step. We need to analyze our current options to validate which one will give us the highest likelihood of success. We're going to now build a roadmap. For example, if we look at our first gap with the GRC team not having enough expertise on SOX, then let's consider some options that will close that specific gap. Option one, we could send our folks to training classes or conferences to help them come up to speed. Option two, we can hire a new talent that has previous experience in completing SOX attestations. Or option three, we could outsource all of our Sarbanes-Oxley compliance activities to a third party. Now, each of these options has pros and cons. What we need to do now is perform a validation exercise or a trap analysis. Essentially, imagine if you could wave a magic wand and say, our company is one year in the future. Over the last year, we did exactly what we said we would do. How might we still not achieve the intended objective? For example, here are trap statements for each of these options. In option one, we send our folks to a training conference. However, the conference is too basic and it's taught at too high of a level. And as a result, our employees still don't know how to complete a SOX attestation and are out the money for the conference. Option two, well, what could go wrong? We tried to hire new talent to our organization, but after we posted the role multiple times, we could not attract new talent. It might be because no one was applying, no one that was qualified was applying, the salary might be too low, or nobody just wants to come work where we are in our, our location. Option three, outsourcing the SOX attestations to a third party. 
what could go wrong there? Well, why you do see this is a strong way to increase your company's ability to perform a SOX attestation. You kind of aren't sure if you want to provide your company's audit data externally on a third-party system. And in addition, your workforce does not improve their capabilities, only its ability to achieve them so your people don't grow. Now, this trap analysis really helps to shine the light on where things can go wrong by spending money on snake oil or solutions that are kind of filled with empty promises. Well, that being said, what it can do is help you refine your options into something that's even stronger. For example, if we want to send our folks to training, with whom can we talk that's already gone through the training and confirm we'll get the desired training that we need? If we struggle to hire the right talent because of our location or we can't offer a competitive pay package, maybe get approval to have a remote employee with a specialist salary range. And finally, if we use a third party to perform a SOX attestation on our own organization, maybe we issue corporate laptops so our company data never leaves our network. I mean, in summary, use the validation exercise or trap analysis to strengthen your options. And you'll be glad you did. And it should help bring clarity on which options has the highest likelihood of achieving the intended objective. Now that we've done all that, it's time to present the new plan back to management. Let's build a one-page cyber strategy slide. We're not creating a 20-page Word document that no one's going to read. We're creating a single PowerPoint slide that we can share in multiple venues. And this slide needs to have four key sections. First, we need a mission statement or a purpose for us. Something like cybersecurity is the business of revenue protection. Well, it should be something that stands on its own and everybody can get behind. Secondly, we need to create key objectives that identify where we want to focus. For example, objective one might say we want to create a security vigilant organization. Not just compliant, not just aware, vigilant. Objective two might say we want to ensure we remain compliant with all relevant cyber controls and regulations. Objective three might say we'll safeguard the business against key cybersecurity threats. Now be careful here because these are sort of grand desires and it's unlikely you're going to hit 100% on each of them. So don't tie your annual bonus to these statements. Wait till we get to KPIs and that's a little bit better measure. Okay, third, since we understand the objectives are still at a high level, let's create initiatives that clarify how we are advancing on our key objectives. For example, the Create Security Vigilance objective may have two initiatives. One could be a secure developer training program. And this might be a goal of getting all of your developers trained in a class like the Certified Secure Software Lifecycle Professional, CSSLP from ISC Squared. You didn't know about that, right? You might also have them take a specific training course that's made for your company. You could create like a vendor like Haiku Incorporated who's learned how to gamify this education to really engage people. Uh, the second initiative could focus on security vigilance for non-developers. Here you may want to perform monthly phishing exercises to help people detect and report phishing attacks. And then our third initiative on compliance and controls could have initiatives like complete a SOC 2 type 2 report, uh, complete the SOX attestations, uh, perform the NYDFS evidence collection. And then the fourth initiative on safeguarding the business from key threats might involve deploying a data security tool or enhancing the vulnerability management function. Now, the last item we need on our cyber strategy is a key performance indicator or KPI for each of these object initiatives. Essentially, this is the metric that's going to create a definition of done. So we know when the initiative is complete. And we may have KPIs like the following. 90% of our developers have completed the developer training program and obtained the ISC squared 
certification. Okay, 90% is a reasonable, achievable goal, most likely. Getting to 100 is a little bit harder. People go on vacation. They go out, they come, and they go. But that's a valid KPI. Our average click rate on phishing exercises is less than 5%, and our reporting rate is over 50%. First one, I think, is achievable. Second one, we need to work on that one a little bit. Personally, I'm happy if people don't click on malicious stuff and just delete them. I'd rather they report them, but if they just delete them, they have not infected the organization, so maybe I'll settle for that as a partial. So I put more emphasis on the click-through rate. Uh, our SOC 2, our SOCs, or NYDFS exercises will complete with no findings that require immediate attention. Now, here you can track the number of controls that have been successfully validated, or you might want to say findings can be resolved in a very short period of time. You can make these things achievable. And the last one might be our data security tool has been deployed to 95% of endpoints and 50% of servers by the end of the year. And additionally, in the vulnerability management program, you might report the percentage of the business applications that patch within the target a time frame of, let's say, 30 days. Now, what can we do with these key performance indicators or KPIs? They allow the leadership team to see what it takes to achieve success, and you can show them progress each month in your status reports and include trend lines throughout the year. You might even create a Gantt chart that shows timelines of key deliverables if they're dependent upon each other. You'll have a clear roadmap that every executive can get behind, and you've got an objective way to have yourself measured when it comes time to saying, did I earn my performance bonus for the year? Well, we went a little bit faster than normal, but that's it for today's show. We hope you've enjoyed learning how to refresh your cybersecurity strategy. So here's a quick recap. Start an assessment of your current state to see how secure you are now by looking at your people, processes, and tools. Then talk to the various business units to perform a requirements analysis on where the organization wants to be. Take those lessons and create a desired future state listing items to achieve. And after that, perform a gap analysis that says, here's what I need from a resource perspective to get to the future state. And once you understand all the gaps that need to be addressed, start brainstorming options on possible solutions. Then validate each of those in a trap analysis to see which are most likely to really give you what you want and maybe not be a waste of time and resources. And finally, create a one-page cyber plan that has a mission statement, key objectives, initiatives, and key performance indicators. And if you do all that, you can be well on your way to having a defensible cybersecurity strategy. Now, one more thing. If you'd like help with any of these things that we talked about today on our show, please go to CISOTradecraft.com and leave us a comment. Now, notice we do this for a living, so we offer consulting services that can help you with these activities to help you reach success. And we think you'll love the results of what we can do, so come on, reach out. So, again, thank you for listening to today's show. If you've learned something, share with your friends, your coworkers, your colleagues on social media. Follow us on LinkedIn or subscribe on the YouTube. It's gonna help us reach more professionals who can help keep cyberspace secure. We also appreciate when you subscribe or your comment or leave us a review. And again, if you want, remember 10th of January, CISOTradecraft.com slant ISACA, go ahead and get some CPEs. This is your host, G. Mark Hardy. Thank you for listening or watching. And until next time, stay safe out there.